Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2029. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan, with a very special guest by the name of Tony Kiroga. Tony, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am. I'm ready to slip the clutch. Yeah, you know, uh, we'll be talking about this. You're a guy who has slipped a lot of clutches uh, in your time, and I know a little secret about you, but we'll touch that on that a little bit later when it comes to clutches. Before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Tony? Mm, I've never owned an SUV. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, owned, that, that's pretty rare. I've never owned an automatic transmission. Okay. Well, that was the one that I was going to give up a little later, but you just gave oh, it up. Yeah, oh. you're, a, you're a manual guy, which is cool. I've had lots and lots of manual cars. Uh, I have one parked in my garage today. In fact, when my kids learned to drive, that was a rule. They both learned how to drive on my 1972 911S Porsche. Oh, that is not an easy car to learn on with the with the floor hinged pedal. Yeah, although I'll tell you, the way I helped them was slipping the clutch. You know, which a lot of people go, oh, you're letting your kids slip the clutch on your Porsche. I'm like, well, back when I had that car, when they were learning, it wasn't super valuable. So it was like, you know what? I want them to tell everybody in their future, I learned how to drive a car and a clutch in a 72 911 S. I thought that would be cool. I think I thought it was cooler than they did. Oh, I think it's incredibly cool. I learned to first, the first car I drove um, with a manual transmission was my dad's 86 G body uh, Carrera 3.2. Oh, there you go. So I, is that not an easy car to learn on? So well, <laughs> all the yeah. respect for your kids for learning on a challenging vehicle. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I've got an 88 turbo right now. So Ooh kind of same thing and i remember the first time i let my son drive that car i go we're gonna learn about turbo lag today <laughs> he's like what is that so uh he learned yeah uh, and gaps between gears too with just the four speed <laughs> yeah yeah that's a different kind of car yeah you gotta get used to it but uh you know when you can go about 45 miles an hour in first gear you know it, it changes perspectives a little bit well let me give you a proper deduction we're going to dive into this fun world that you live in tony Kiroga is the editor-in-chief at Car and Driver, overseeing content strategy and development across the brand's print and digital platforms. He's been an editor and writer at Car and Driver for 18 years. He slipped a few clutches, most recently as Car's director, where he managed the writers and the editors who produced the print magazine and online reviews. He is the longest tenured test driver for the magazine's signature Lightning Lap franchise, having lapped Virginia International Raceways Grand Course more than two thousand times i'm jealous yes very jealous over 12 years car and driver was founded back in 1955 and has been the definitive voice for car enthusiasts and a trusted guide to in a market car shoppers so we'll be back in just a minute but first a word from our valued sponsors so please give them a little listen give them a little love and you know what give them a little business because that's why we're here and we'll be right back Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered 
for moderate weather conditions, and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV rain and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft, too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code yeah 21 Y-E-A-H-2-1 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Tony, so let's dive a little deeper into the corner. Uh, a guy that has done that many times in many very cool cars. Like I said, I'm very jealous. Let's walk through your career a little bit, though. Share with me what brought you to this point, because you've been doing this for a long time. I have, and it was a dream of mine. You know, when I was six years old, I saw a car and driver on a, on a newsstand at a grocery store and started flipping through it, and I asked my mom if I could have it. And she said yes, and I took it home, and a lot of it didn't make any sense to me as a first grader. Um, <laughs> first grade, but, yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, I poured over the pictures and sort of like, and eventually learned, and I got a subscription, and it was just my favorite time of the, of, of the month was when the, car, when the new car and driver would arrive. And it sort of introduced me to this world of people who write about cars and live cars and just have crazy lives and travel and tell stories. And the car and drivers back then were just adventures like lots and lots of adventures lots of lots of crazy stuff um they were just you know the editors just didn't care what happened to them at any given moment and as a child i was like i I like that i want that and so i went to college and i majored in english um i wasn't really sure what to do with that degree and breaking into the automotive media field was not what it was today there weren't a million websites youtube didn't exist it was basically just the four magazines and a couple of websites so you know, I decided, well, I'll try to go to medical school. And uh, Wait a minute. Now, that's a big shift. Oh, I'll just become a doctor instead, uh, instead of studying English. That's a big, that's a big transition. 
Well, I come from a family of physicians, so um, it was sort of the family business. And I have an older sister who was an art history major. My parents were like, well, why don't you try going to medical school? And she enjoyed it. She, you know, she became a doctor. And so I thought maybe I'll, I'll follow in her path. And so I was applying to medical schools, sort of, and I have to admit at this point, it was kind of a half, half attempt, a half half (laughs) attempt. Yeah. Uh, So I was applying, I applied to a couple of medical schools and I got my foot in the door at Automobile Magazine as a gopher and worked my way up through there. And about 18 months later, I was scheduling their cars and I did that job for another year or so, maybe two years. And Eddie Alterman left to start a new car magazine and it opened up a position at Car and Driver and it was my goal from the jump to be a car and driver. And I landed there. Chubba Chubba, Chubba Chetta hired me 18 years ago, like this week or next week. Wow. And I've been here ever since. Well, you know, it's an interesting journey. That's for sure. Many different roads taken. And uh, Eddie's been a guest on the show here. And of course, uh, you're succeeding uh, Sharon uh, Cardi, who just moved to a new role. She was a guest last year, I believe it was. Uh, you're stepping into those footsteps. And having been there for a long time, we talked about this in our pre-show chat a little bit. Is it just like moving to another seat or I'm guessing it's very different? It's very different. And I'm in the process of moving some people around to backfill the job that I departed. So I was kind of, I, I sort of feel like uh, a lot's been coming at me with the new job. Um, but it's all been, it's actually been pretty exciting and I feel really well supported and I have a whole new set of bosses, which is kind of crazy, but I'm, I'm having a lot of fun and yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to take us in a more in a direction more like the current driver of the past. Um, so more adventure, more fun. Um, one of the things I've learned along the way with car magazines is make sure that there's fun on every page. There's joy in everything that we write about, every car that we review, and to sort of share this incredible career that we all have writing about cars and being immersed in cars and living with cars. As you know, because you've been in the industry for a while, magazines have changed radically. And now we got this thing called the Internet. And it's really made a lot of publications. Some of them, they've gone away and disappeared. Others, it's made them really change and think differently about how they present things, both with your online platform and print. So what are we going to see in the future with Car and Driver with all these radical changes that have occurred? Well, the... Print magazine will continue to feed an enthusiast audience, and that's the audience that's there, and they are rabid enthusiasts, and we will satisfy them in print. But we'll also satisfy them online. We have you know, our online reviews, which are often you know, shared with the print product eventually, or the print product will share and vice versa. Um, and those are definitely tailored towards the enthusiasts, and those include all of the numbers that Car and Driver generates from zero to 60 to quarter mile to how many cup holders to, you know, the, the, the H point of SUVs, all that information is stuff that we gather and it informs all of our reviews online and in print. And then the online space provides us an opportunity to feed in-market shoppers. So this is a non-enthusiast who just wants to learn about, you know, a Kia Telluride or they want to learn about a Toyota Camry and they are introduced into everything that's new about the Toyota Camry for 2022 in an easy and digestible manner. Um, we're making a push into video, which will be new. Last year, we hired at the end of last year, we hired Carlos Lago, who is an accomplished uh, videographer yeah. and uh, a YouTube uh, personality in his own right. And Carlos has been building out all of our reviews online, our long-term test reviews, and he'll also be working on our buyer's guide reviews, which will give the in-market shopper the opportunity to walk around a car, to experience it, to do basically everything but smell the thing. They'll hear it, they'll, they'll feel it almost, 
And so our buyer's guide entries for in-market shoppers will be informed by more video and it's all part of our video push. It's cool. They still haven't quite figured out that smell-o-vision thing, but uh, scratch and sniff, yeah, although for a while, all those magazines had those uh, colognes and perfume things. Everybody's like, oh, please, stop that. It's driving me crazy. But uh, There was actually a Bentley ad that had a scratch and sniff leather. leather. It, it smelled nothing. It was not a success. I, I don't think it is. Well, I tell you, in my previous career, we sold car care products, and one of the things we worked very hard on was a leather scent. It is very hard to get a leather scent. And you would think that it wouldn't be because leather smells like leather. Just open a Rolls Royce or some Porsche or something with all leather and you go, ah, but it, no, it's it doesn't really work. It doesn't translate to paper somehow. So, And some people really don't like the smell of leather. There are some uh, brands that avoid the smell of leather entirely because they've, yeah. they've seen that their consumers don't like the smell of leather. Yeah, absolutely. When you think about Hearst Autos, I mean, this is a company that's been acquiring and growing and building. I know my friend Randy over at Bring a Trailer sold his company. Company. He's still there, thank goodness, kind of drive the ship. But for Car and Driver Magazine, what is the basic premise of where we're still going to continue to see Car and Driver? Is it is it a look at cars and how you evaluate cars and different cars you want to buy? Is that still going to be your core focus? Absolutely. And within Hearst Autos, like you mentioned, we have Car and Driver, Road and Track, and Auto Week. Uh, we acquired Auto Week just before 2020, at the end of 2019. And the way we look at it and why, you know, why we have three car, separate car titles is car and driver is the brain. So we, we generate all the testing stuff. We, we inform all the testing that trickles down to Auto Week and into Road and Track as well. Um, and our goal is to test every single car that's available to us in any given year. So that means testing upwards of 400, 500 cars a year wow. and viewing them and covering them and generating those numbers. Road and Track is the heart so that is for the passionate enthusiast who might not be just into new cars, but is into older cars and new cars. And they have been doing experiences where they do these um, wonderful drives with people who, with their track club members, where you can join a road and track membership. And you have an opportunity to go on drives through, they've done the Hudson Valley. They're doing one in Northern California in a few weeks. Um, so it's the experience. It's the experience. And then they are, their publication has gone to six issues a year and they do almost like a coffee table book so it's a very like beautiful design driven book and that's the heart of Hearst Autos and then the Pulse is uh, Auto Week they come from a strong reporting background um, when they used to be competition press and they'll report on motorsports but they'll also be reporting on what's up and coming in EVs and they have a really successful EV newsletter that is informed both by Road and Track and by Car and Driver and by their own research and they're sort of the pulse of the whole organization and keep track of news and everything that's happening in the automotive world. So with all the fun cars you've driven, I'm not even going to bother asking you which one's your favorite because it's probably the same answer that uh, Mr. Porsche said, the next one coming, because <laughs> they're all different. But I am going to ask you this when it comes to this over 2,000 times over 12 years driving these cars. You said EVs. They are coming on fast and strong. I mean, I've had so many people in that market sector in the last six months here in Cars Year than I've had the whole seven years before. Also, battery technology rapidly changing and so forth. I'd love to hear your opinion of a guy who's driven so many cars. I assume you're a bit of a petrol head. You've got some motor oil running through your veins. What's your interpretation of where we're coming or where we're going, I should say, with the EV car market? Well, a lot of it is 
not knowing. In our print magazine, the traditional enthusiast seems very skeptical of EVs. You know, where will I be able to charge it? How far will I be able to go? I think as soon as they drive one, sure, you're going to miss the 9,000 RPM whale of a Porsche 911 GT3. I think you'll miss that. I think everyone will always miss that. And that's a special thing, no doubt. And EVs are largely silent, but EVs have incredible power, incredible acceleration. Um, they're heavy, but they handle brilliantly because the center of gravity is so low. Drive a Porsche Taycan, drive a Model S Plaid, and any enthusiast will be completely impressed by the acceleration, the performance, and just what it feels like to drive these things. I mean, they're absolutely incredible. So I think once butts start getting into seats, once people start test driving them, and I think that's starting to happen, you know, there's sort of been an explosion of EV introductions, and it'll continue over the next two, three years. And so a lot of people are going to be exposed to them. And now there's a motivator of fuel prices rising oh, rapidly. Gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, people will start to shop for them, understand them. And a lot of the questions and worries that they have will be answered about, you know, should I have a charger at home? What kind of charger should I have? How long does it take to charge? You know, all those questions will be answered. And then, um, as you said, battery technology continues to improve and the performance continues to improve. You've worked around some amazing people in your career, having been in the automotive career for a long time. Is there a key driving, what I call a driving inspiration, a mentor, an influencer that you've been around that has really made an effect on you in your life? Well, I grew up reading David E. Davis's Car and Driver. And then when he switched over to Automobile Magazine, I would get both. And those were the only two magazines that I read when I was growing up. And David E. It was just a force in the industry, just an incredible like personality and incredibly intelligent, really understood um, so many facets of the automotive world and the automotive industry and print publications and, and even later websites. And I actually got to work with him at Automobile. I became like his lunch consort. Like we'd go out to lunch every wow. once in a while. So I was in my 20s and I'm, you know, I was meeting my heroes and he was definitely one of them. And then also people who really helped me along the way and I've learned so much from were people like Jean Jennings, who used to be Jean Lindemood, yep. when she, she ran Automobile and I learned so much from her. Eddie Alterman, who you said you'd had as a guest before, who was editor-in-chief from 2009 till 2019. Learned a ton from him. I learned, I learned a lot from a lot of people. Mark Gillies, who's now in Volkswagen Public Relations, I worked with him and he was a real magazine guy and a real like writer's writer and understood like what should be on the page. Um, and then also working with a lot of the creatives, our creative director, Darren Johnson. One of the wonderful things about my job is you bring people an idea. You're like, hey, I want to do this piece on Baja bugs or dune buggies or whatever. And then they just make it come to life on the page and they just make it like so much better than you ever imagined. And that is such a fulfilling thing. And it's such a satisfying thing. And I'm always learning. And, and I have just a lot of talented people around me that I get to learn from. Fortunate guy you are indeed. Let's take another short break for our sponsors. We come back. Let's talk a little bit about challenges. Uh, boy, we've been through a big one the last couple of years, uh, going through another one now. So uh, keep that thought in mind. We'll be right back. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic, and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang a Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy, slick finish that... Well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of carnauba wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang a Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is the best of both worlds. Go to autogeek.net to get yours 
for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. If your car started today, well, thank a tech. If that truck delivering your goods today got to your home or your business, thank a tech. If that airplane you rode in took off and landed safely, and if that boat you're riding in arrived at the dock safe and sound, that's right, thank a tech. One thing the pandemic has taught us is that great techs keep America rolling. They are essential workers and we need them. Support career and technical education by getting involved with TechForce Foundation. It's a Cars Yeah charity of choice. Learn more at techforce.org today. All right, so let's talk about this. I like to bring this up with my guests to talk about big challenge, big failure even, something you had to overcome, but it's all about the lesson learned, the positive motion forward. Just like going through that corner and learning about turbo lag the first time. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, so walk us through one of those in your life, if you would, but more importantly, again, what was that learned lesson? I think over the past few years, with the print magazine sort of changing and becoming a smaller part of the business, We've had to adapt and pivot, and some of us, pe- some of us folks who really enjoy doing the print product have, have had to learn how to do the digital product. And it's been really exciting, but also incredibly challenging. And you're sort of watching the print product um, and keeping track of it and making sure that it's as good as it can be, but at the same time, feeding this other new, um, not really even new, but feeding this other um, media organism on the digital side. And that's been just an incredible challenge and a huge, steep learning curve over the past few years, certainly. Boy, I've heard that from so many people. And we see a lot of publications now that have really, well, even new ones that have come out on these quarterly bases, uh, even like Road and Track, how they've completely changed their whole identity and what they were doing and how they related. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a big, steep learning curve for lots of people, lots of transitions of people in the industry, too. So you're, you're kind of a standout because you're still there. Right. We're still doing it. Well, yes. You know yeah. Still managing and, all these changes. I think if you ask me this question in a year, I'll have a better answer and uh, I will have made many mistakes in this new role. <laughs> so. Well, that's good. That's what you're <laughs> supposed to do. You know, I mean, that's, I know it part of the deal. And that leads me to my next question. And that is kind of a look forward, a bucket list of where you envision taking the company that you're now responsible for in new directions, perhaps. Uh, there are a couple things maybe that you have up your sleeve. Well, first of all, you know, post-pandemic is to create a fun office life. Car and driver, I've worked in many, I've worked in a few offices, but working in the car and driver office is as much fun as you would ever expect it to be, <laughs> or as you'd expect, like working in the offices of Mad Magazine to be. I mean, it's just a lot of personalities. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of play, and all of that play fosters creativity, and if we're all having a good time, it shows up in the in the reviews it shows up in our features it shows up in the print magazine shows up on the digital side shows up in the video everything we create comes from the fun that we're having so one of my goals is to you know when we can return to office in earnest is to really create a fun office environment and just make it a place where everyone wants to come in every single day because when i worked in the office that was certainly the truth and a lot of a lot of my goals are about um bringing joy back to not only the job, because if I bring it back to the job, it's going to show up in the work that we do. And just being a little nutty, being a little creative, being unafraid to try new things and to challenge ourselves. And I believe that that will really show up in um, in the product and yeah. make it fun for the product. Yeah, this is a big 
Boy, talk about big changes in the workforce of at-home workers. And then some people not wanting to go back because it's worked pretty well for them. Other people like need to be around folks and they don't like the idea of being home alone. I know uh, I work at home, but uh, my biggest challenge is the pantry is like five steps away from me. I got to stay away from that room. I need to put a lock on that door. But I used to work with people and I do miss that, although I get to talk to interesting people every day. You know, right. te- technology now, I can sit here and we can look at each other, we can chat. So I'm all over the world. I think today I've already been in four different countries. So, you know, I just never know. But uh, I, there's I, definitely some truth to that. And I, 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 um, I moved out to California 10 years ago, 10 and a half years ago at this okay. point. So one of the big challenges for the first couple of years was being remote because I was so used to being in this really fun office. And then I sort of adjusted to it. And actually, the past couple of years, past two, three years, have been great because everybody was at home. So everybody started to communicate this way over Skype, over Zoom, over Microsoft Teams. And so I felt more connected over the past two years than I did in the previous years, which was kind of an interesting thing. But I am really looking forward to seeing everybody face to face again. Well, you're when you're on these devices, you're in their home with them. And there's something about that that's very unique. You can see what is in the background or their kids run through or their dog or cat or whatever it might be. So yeah, there, you get a little bit more personal, but there is still that distance that isn't so good that that moment you can stick your head in someone's office and say, hey, where you're not likely to maybe zoom them that and bother them because you know they're in the middle of something. So yeah, it's been an adjustment. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, I always like to ask my guests about a special vehicle in their life. Now you've driven so many cool cars, but this maybe is something that you've owned that really stands out for you. I know uh, we talked about it in the beginning here that you've never had an automatic transmission which is kind of cool. Probably not too many people can say that. So what's that one vehicle that really stands out for you and share a story about that ride? I would say, you know, I'm sort of, I'm a child, I'm not a child of the 90s, but, you know, I grew up really in the 90s, 80s and 90s. And uh, my dream car in the mid 90s when it came out was the Porsche 911, the 993 generation. Oh, yeah. Last of the air-cooled cars. And I bought one seven years ago before the prices went completely bonkers. <laughs> yeah, they're crazy and, now. <laughs> and they've gone bonkers. They've gone bonkers a couple of times since. And I, I still have the car. I bought it uh, when I, t- you know, it's the old cliche. You you turn around, you turn 40 and you, you buy a Porsche 911. Uh, <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. And it was just as great as everyone thinks it will be. <laughs> what year is your 993? Uh, it's a 95. So it's a narrow body, six speed, uh, naturally aspirated car. Um, and it's just a beautifully built machine. Like yeah. it's the apogee, in my opinion, it's the apogee of the of the air cooled range from the way that the doors click close to the way the engine sounds under load to the way I smell when I get out of the car. Like it leaves a scent with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I absolutely love it. Like and it was my dream car, you know, now 27 years ago and I managed to buy it seven years ago. And it's one that I'm hoping to be able to hold on to for a very, very long time. Boy, you bought that at the right time because it's gone. Things have gone nutty. I had a 98 C4S that was my daily driver and really, really loved that car. Had that for a while. And yeah, the, the 993s, I picked a 96 up at the Porsche factory brand new and drove it for two weeks all over Europe. And that <laughs> That yeah, that was fun. That Vario Ram, I mean, when that thing hits that thirty-five, four thousand RPM and that right. sound, uh, yeah. I'll ne- I, I still remember the feeling leaving the factory and getting on the autobahn. Now I, I couldn't go super fast because they had a twelve hundred mile break. Right, period. you had to break it in. Yeah, yeah, right. but we we got rid of that the first week. Um, but uh, that first time getting that thing on and it was just like 
Whoa, what was that? Because I'd driven 911s before. I've had, I think, 12 of them or something like that. They've always been my daily drivers. So, uh, but, you know, now I'm back with my 87 Turbo. So I've gone back in time uh, a little bit, uh, which is a whole but other. But same, same horsepower as the 993. I think they're both 282. Yeah, yeah, different cars, but. Totally different. 911s, <laughs> totally different. But, but 911s are all the same, but different. Yeah. You know, my first was a 74S and then an 84 Carrera Cabriolet. Daily driver when I lived in California, top down. I went to went 300 days without putting the top up on that car. Daily driver. Couldn't do that up here in the Northwest. Maybe go three days. Yeah, like I have that. two I have two convertibles. As a Midwesterner who lived in Los Angeles, I had to have two convertibles. So I have, I have a Miata. I have an NA Miata with the 1.8. Oh, I, e, e, I have an E30 325i too. Which are, oh, are, nice. The, I love the E30. Yeah. Yeah, I've had many BMWs as well. All M3s, but uh, great, great cars. So I'm going to crawl on your head, be your car psychologist before I let you go today, okay? This so, is a scary, this is, oh, sorry, go ahead. Is this a little scary? Yeah, a little scary yeah. spooky. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, sometimes they make people cry with this one. So, uh, you know, we'll get the tissue box out. If you were manifest as a vehicle, and this is nothing to do with what you want to be, this is the man you see in the mirror. Got to dig deep for this one, Tony. What would you be, but more importantly, why? This is, yeah, there's a lot of ways you can go with this question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I decided, uh, so I owned a uh, 68 Lancia Fulvia, which is Ooh. a really elegant, tiny, little, lightweight, small car. And I sort of really identified with that car. It's kind of quirky. Nobody really knows what it is. It's a little unexpected. But the people that get to know that car absolutely like fall in love with it and find a real connection to it. And uh, that's sort of been inexperience in my life. I guess that's an experience in everybody's life, I suppose. But it's just sort of a little oddball car that maybe nobody really expected much from, but ended up winning a bunch of rallies um, in the early 70s. And yeah, so it's, um, I think it's that. I'm not quite as elegant as a Lancia Fulvia, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of a quirky, weird car. And I sort of see myself in that in that way, too. A lot of cool variations on that model, too, over the years, and the, the four-door to the coupe, uh, coupe, and uh, yeah. But, you know, having met you here today, I kind of see that in you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know. The more you scratch the surface, the weirder things get, I think. The weirder they get. Okay, well, we won't go there, <laughs> and we don't want to go quite that deep. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great books out there these days, business, car-related, uh, fun, whatever it might be. Is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners? today? Well, automotive books, one of my favorite automotive books, and I, I tell everybody on staff to read it if they haven't read it already, is Rivet Head by Ben Hamper. Ben Hamper was a, was a factory worker, and, and he, I think he worked in truck and bus in Pontiac, Michigan. And I think he also assembled cars. And it's a story of working for General Motors on the assembly line in the 70s and 80s. It's a lot of tales from school, and it's a lot of like, just a lot of the craziness that happened there. And another one in that vein is um, Savage Factory which is a fantastic book about um, the Ford transmission plant. And it's all firsthand. Um, both writers were both there, and they both are just fantastic storytellers. I'm surprised that Rivet has never been recommended here. And I've got a place on my website called Guest Recommended Books with over 2,000 books listed there for people to just click and buy. And I'm really surprised that book's never been listed. And you're the first one who's recommended it, which is kind of interesting to me because it's – one of those insiders' views of the days gone by. Things are so different in factories now. I mean, there's oh yeah, it's not a lot of not a lot of people just walking around pushing buttons, not really doing anything. Now I know that's an extreme because you know 
factories are factories. But uh, yeah, two great books. I, rec- I recommend those to uh, all the listeners today. So now this is interesting because you've been on many ultimate drives. You've driven so many different cars. Uh, if I could buy you any ride to go anywhere with anyone living or deceased, that makes things a little interesting. What would the ultimate drive look like for Tony? Um, that's a great question. I've, and I have done some amazing drives. I've driven through the Alps from um, um, Venice to to Munich Ooh. in an R8 in the winter, which was oh. exciting. That was pretty special. I would probably drive my nine, and I'm planning on actually doing this. I'm bringing over one, at least one or two of my cars, and I'm planning on driving the 993 across the country from Los Angeles to Michigan and enjoying the West. And my partner for it is my, uh, I have a 20 pound dog who's a mutt, like a beagle mix. And unfortunately she just lost her eyesight in a matter of weeks. Yeah. And she's not an old dog. So I feel guilty flying with her. So I thought I'll jump in the 911. I'll drive across the country with my dog who's now blind. And even though she can't see the country, she'll be able to smell the entire country and we'll spend We'll spend two or three days getting, getting well, not getting to know each other. We know each other quite well. Uh, but then we'll, we'll make it to Michigan, and I'll have my 911 in Michigan. And, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, there's a very unique answer to that question. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Your pup lost his or her? Uh, her vision. Yeah. Her vision. Yeah. I, you know, I've had friends this has happened to, and the amazing, I mean, dogs are amazing in so many ways, but their resiliency to just deal with that. It's shocking. They just, she's just like, she's just like, who turned out the lights and why aren't they on? And where's my dinner? <laughs> yeah, where's my dinner? Yeah, <laughs> that's usually the one. Absolutely. Well, that sounds like a wonderful drive. Uh, in that 993, you're going to have a lot of fun. And there's so many great things to see in this country uh, when you go out and uh, hit the road. I mean, it's just so many cool things to see. It's uh, incredible. So before I let you go, I'd lo- love for you to share some words of wisdom, inspiration, success, quote, or mantra, something for our listeners today to give them some encouragement because Lord knows we need a little bit of that right now. Well, for me, and it's, I mean, it seems sort of obvious, but for me, it's always been follow my passion and do professionally what I love because I've been doing this for mm, over 20 years and there have been very few days that actually seemed like work days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's important, <laughs> like, isn't it? It's a really special career. It's, it's, I've, I've had nothing but fun. I've met so many of my heroes and I get to create something every day and put it out there into the world. And um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's it's been fun and I hope it continues to be fun in my new role. <laughs> figured out, I'm sure it will be. You, you figured out the secret sauce to life. That's what Cars Yeah is all about. How can people learn more about Car and Driver? Well, we are at carandriver.com, of course, and um, we still have a print magazine, which they can subscribe to. We're on Instagram and we're even on TikTok. We have a, a growing social media presence and finding new audiences. As you have to do these days. Uh, absolutely. I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Nathan Christopher at Hearst for uh, introducing me to Tony. Thank you, Nathan. He's brought me a lot of great guests. Listeners, if you're not a subscriber, which I don't know who isn't, but if you haven't been or if you maybe you were and you need to go back, uh, Car and Driver, that's the source. So I'll put all these links uh, as I've been for many, many years to uh, learn about vehicles, which is what we all love to do here at Cars. Yeah. Tony, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your life with me. Really good to get to know you until you and I talk again. I'll see you with a dog and a 993 down the road. Thanks so much. You're welcome. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, 
and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.